It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on Thursday. Cofield and Company. Mr. Cofield. John Von Tobel. <laughs> Demond is with us as well. Uh, boy, I heard about those headphones. What's happening? Is that, is that right the one now? with the tape all over it? Yeah, you got you got the set with the tape all over it. I'm just gonna use mine. Which, by the way, by the way, our boss Q, I was I'm having sorry. a, I was having an off the record conversation. This is your only job, Demond, according to right, Greg. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Greg Salerno says you just you're in charge of plugging in the headphones. No, but uh, Demond was very angry that someone broke. Uh, the headphones that the station got for all you guys, and almost immediately. So that's fireable fence. I had noticed that. Uh, not even close. Not even close. We treat our equipment with respect and sanctity <laughs> well, around here. Some of us do, right? I brought Damon a pizza from a joint we were talking about during the break, a take and bake, and uh, he freaked out because I left it on the counter next to the equipment. It's it's wrapped in plastic. It's raw <laughs> pizza. Like you're not going to get. I certainly me up. I'll tell you this. I was not going to leave a raw pizza in the break room because someone would eat it. Are you sure it's going to be there when you're – actually, no, you're good because tomorrow's an off day, so people are going to leave early today. So you're good. Yeah, nobody's here. Yeah. Steve, uh, also I want you to look at the tweet that I just tweeted out. But tomorrow was the better day. <laughs> because, JVC, I'm going to let you behind the curtains here. Steve said, what do you want for lunch? So I was like, ah, I really didn't say anything in the moment. But I texted him Chick-fil-A. Yep. He comes bad. back <laughs> five minutes before the show starts. With a frozen pizza. Yeah, it's a little different. What I am appreciative for when I get home. Well, but lunch implies. Well, wait, there's an oven in well, there. Let's uh, let's set this up. I don't think it works. Uh, let's set this up. <laughs> What's the point? Damon and I came in a little early today because uh, the station was offered a bunch of morning interviews uh, during press box. So we came in to record some interviews, and as we were leaving, you know, like Damon doesn't have to come in off hours. Mm-hmm. I do. Right, and I said to him, "I'm like, I'll get you some lunch." And then I saw him around the corner talking to morning show producer Danny. They looked engaged. It went right out of my head. And then I saw your message about 40 minutes ago about, "Hey, I would like uh, the chicken joint for lunch." And I was like, "I'm screwed at this point." I should text him. I would have gotten it for you. We could have done that. Oh, next, next when I'm in next week, I'll bring it. By the way, our bet on uh, since. Derek Rhino, yeah. he's uh, he was he was he was getting on me yesterday because I say taquitos, and uh, this is a a big hot dog. I won't say where it's from, but it does further pay off our bet. A big hot dog? Yeah. Wait, that's for him or for you? For me. But it's it's our bet. It's our bet going back to the Steelers and Raiders at the beginning of the season. I mean, he might as well just spit in Demont's face right now. What are you talking about? The bet was you're supposed to bring any, him lunch, any, you bring him frozen food, and then you're gonna eat a hot dog. Well, in his no, face. The, we've we've already the previous bet. Uh, actually, a future bet. What is it? Arizona total wins. Yep, uh, college football up, against, against Colorado, 24-25 wins. That actually has those pizzas on the line. Mm. So I'm not I – think, I think that's a decent lunch. I feel bad that you were hungry and I didn't get you anything on the spot. That's my fault. Been here since 830. Yeah, uh, Colorado, Arizona, more wins, 2024-2025. Uh, I exactly. just have it straight up. So DeMond has Colorado, you've got Arizona. Right. Yeah. And we, I, we, I thought about me deserving odds, but then you guys have all fired back with Dion might not be there two years from now. So – that that doubt, yeah, takes it probably from like minus, I don't know, whatever, one seventy, Colorado, two year win total against uh, Arizona to probably something closer to even. There is right. a risk. 
I don't believe Dion's going anywhere. JVC, I'll give you $5 right now. We can just go ahead and call off that Titans in the AFC South. Uh, no. <laughs> There's no canceling of the match. There's no canceling. You, this is not, we're not DraftKings here, all right? We're not yeah. buying out early. There's no early pay, payout options. Are you uh, Are you worried now that Derrick Henry could be going to the Cowboys? You, you bet. And, and obviously Kevin Byard already went to the Eagles? Yeah. I'd be worried. Oh, oh is, of course I'm worried. I'm not worried, I'm not worried about uh, Derrick Henry on the Cowboys making that much of a difference. I'm worried for you with your Titans side. Because I tried to get him. I was like, if I can at least get second place, I'll be good. Second place? Come on. Second place. Whew. Last. I'm telling you, man. I got to. I've got, I think I've told you guys. I have this 21 to 1 ticket on them to have the worst record in the NFL. It's got life. All He's right. going to start selling off pieces. And so, <laughs> it's going to be great. So, damon has got the spicy meat pizza for later. I've got the uh, heart attack on a oh. bun here with the, the big one, the big hot dog. We never heard an update on. Dining in the dark. Got a protein bar in his cozy. <laughs> and your vegan meal. Yeah, so um, I can't I believe actually, you didn't send this over on the notes. We've been waiting for so long to find out about you and your wife eating in the dark. Well, to be quite honest with you, I thought we'd already talked about it. Time has been a blur. I haven't realized I haven't seen you guys there's, since. There's then. a lot. Like, there is a lot of times on the show. I'm like, when's the last time we saw each other? Right. Like, and it has been a crazy few days, especially with the NBA back. Um, so it was great. It was awesome, was it? I would give it like an 85 out of 100. Do they um, tell you after you eat the food? Yes. Like what you ate, or you're just like, man, I have no idea what I ate, but it tasted good. Yeah, so when you're done, you get to go out, they show you a menu. Now, I will say, demerits for two things. One, uh, demerit for the fact that when you came out and they gave you the menu, it was just a text menu. Like, I wanted to see pictures of what I had. You know, so it was just everything, you know, spelled out. Like, I want to see a picture of what I ate. Like, you know, for example, one of the courses was like some sort of uh, vegan taco, whatever thing. It was very good. But it, but the tortilla, if you will, definitely didn't feel like a tortilla. It felt like something weird and like I've never felt it before. So I wanted to see what I ate. It looked interesting. Um, so that's the first demerit. The largest demerit, it is, and if anybody's been there, they know the place I'm talking about. I want to name it because it was a very good experience. But the largest demerit came from... They used to be a six-course restaurant, from what I understand, but they updated to a seventh course. Now, I don't know what the six were before, but there was one course that was literally just quinoa, apples, walnuts, and cranberries, like in a bowl. That sounds nice. It sounded it was lazy. Not, it, it was lazy. Not, not enough substance. Yeah, it was it was really lazy. There wasn't a lot of flavor to it. It felt like it was added to give the hey, this is seventh course because a lot of the I go to a lot of fine dining. And a lot of the fine dining that I have gone to, Steve, what? seven courses is a regularity. Okay. So it sounds like they wanted to just add a seventh course. It was by far the weakest of the seven courses. To the point where I actually found myself doing the child thing of taking a bite and then taking a sip of my drink because it was so bad. Other than that, though, really, everything else was awesome. And the actual eating in the dark, it was cool. I was happy that it was quick like because it's a pre-served meal. Mm-hmm. So it's like boom, 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 boom. Because by the time, like... I could tell by the time we were leaving, 10 minutes more, I was going to start to get a headache because my eyes just didn't know what to do. Like, it was kind of a weird. Oh, wow. So, I, so Isabel. It was, like a, it was like a fancy Aaron Rodgers isolation, but with other people. And oh, wife. like, it was pitch black. And it's like a normal restaurant setting. So, you can, like, hear the people next to you. Like, it was everything you experienced at a restaurant. It's just in pitch black darkness. And Isabel had the strategy of my wife. She ate with her eyes closed. No difference. What? Yeah. I ate with my eyes open. I feel and- like that would hurt. No, like, right? Like, I, I just, I didn't know what to do with my eyes, essentially. I was Ricky Bobby, ex- except with my eyes. You know, he goes, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my eyes. So, it was good. Would you recommend a blindfold next time? I mean, that could be it, but the, the, but the thing is the same. Your eyes are open or closed. Which one are you going to do? Because you're still looking at darkness. It's, probably probably it's, open. It's pitch black darkness. You don't see a thing. Like, okay. I'm talking here, you don't see your hands. You know, the, the uh, thing I was most creeped out about, mm. if I was going to do this, 
It's the sitting in a room of people and being able to hear them, and they can hear you, and you don't know who they are. Oh, yeah. That's why when I was talking crap about this place, I, I, I kept it quiet just <laughs> in you? case. Yeah, okay. just in case. I've told the story before of being in a, I think it was a, a what was it, a, a Thai restaurant. A Thai restaurant and being there for like 45 minutes and just annihilating someone here. Sure. And uh, then a, another patron came up and they're like, hey, heard your voice. Recognize it immediately. Big fan. I mean, oh, crap. That's a good point. I mean, I have, I have a radio voice. People would pick up on it immediately. Well, and you also have the national audience, so it's it could be good. anywhere in the country. It's a good point, Steve. Unlike me as a local guy in Demon. Well, you know, Demon has been national before. Yeah. Uh, but the, as I've said before, you know, you're right. Uh, I am national. I, I keep that in mind everywhere I go. And it's a tourist spot. You know, the, the waiter asked, like, hey, you know, how, what are you guys here for Vegas for? And I was like, oh, please, you know who I am. Ooh, that's it. That's it. Remember that. Remember that. That's a good jumping off point for the Alave story later on. Yes. When someone tried to pull oh, Chris Alave, tried to pull a Dina Who I Am. All right, we got a lot of NBA coming up today, but we also have another week in the NFL and the trade deadline around the corner and uh, teams that are looking for help and also teams that want to dump. They want to get rid of guys who are high salary dudes that they're not going to keep around. Is there enough hope in what we saw out of the Patriots last week that Belichick will actually try to help his offense? I mean, he can try. Let's go to break. No. <laughs> he, just, he just scoffs before I even get it out. I just – so the, the news is that, you know, Jalen Rager is now, it looks like, a member of the uh, New England Patriots. Um, they have signed him, former first-round pick, and as we know, kind of flamed out, didn't really particularly uh, do very much in his previous stops in two years in Philadelphia, Minnesota, and then now here in New England – I just don't really understand. Like he's continuing to do this for like Belichick has this history of just grasping at straws when it comes to wide receivers. Yep. I don't understand, and this goes back to our conversation we've hit on a bunch of times now, which is if he's going to stick around, you as as Bill Belichick, you need to look in the mirror and realize like you don't really know what you're doing here at this point when it comes to evaluating offensive skill talent, and when it comes to the New England Patriots and Bobby Kraft as you call him, you need to have the onions. To talk to Bill and go, I know you've done a lot for us, but something has to change. We don't want you to go, yeah, but something's yeah. got to change because we can't keep signing wide receivers off the scrap heap and hoping that they're going to work out. When you when you mentioned it, when we talked with the guy from New England, uh, right? Jake, Jacoby Myers is over here doing well, like all of all yeah, over. You had place. him, yes. Sign him. So spend some money. I mean, think about the lunacy that's going on right now. Robert Kraft, a billionaire, time whatever, five times over. Like, literally has to go downstairs. I just imagine the office is set up that way. Has to go downstairs to Belichick and go, spend my money. Please, here, here's a wheelbarrow. You know, the, uh, here it is. Okay, spend it. Belichick's, mm, mm, I don't think so. That's it. Well, it's not even, I don't and think then so. Let's go, get, like- let's go get Jalen Rager. Let's, and again, I don't want to kill guys. They're, they're NFL players. So if you're good enough to be uh, even on the fringe of the NFL, you're an incredible athlete. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I actually think that. I mean, this can't be the case. Would Josh and Dave basically give him Hunter Renfro? As like a favor? Well, the problem here is we've already seen Josh McDaniels is really up against it with the fans. I mean, to the point where a guy's down at the Aces Parade, you know, with a just fire Josh sign. And people are really going crazy. We played that filthy song yesterday. Do we have that? Maybe we want to play that again. Um, I mean, just they're F, you know, McDaniels. Um, they have a responsibility to this year and also the future. If you get rid of Hunter Renfro, a former 100-catch guy, you better get a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like it's the difference between, like, hey, a sixth with a conditional up to a fifth, or if we just give him away, here, Bill, give us a seventh. 
I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually is. Hunter Renfro should not be given away. No, he should. But, but I could see these guys being like, eh, you know, should we kind of slip Hunter Renfro to Bill? We I mean, all- it's also I would say it is another I like nail in the coffin for this regime as well. Driving down the value of a dude who probably what not what a year ago probably could have gotten a third round pick for something can, like that. Can I play you guys the Hunter Renfro sighting from the Raiders broadcast? So Barringer on, he is holding it like a punt for the free kick. He walks, he pops it high in the air. The ball has to travel 10 yards. The Raiders call for the fair catch, and they hey, make it. It's Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. <laughs> At the 36-yard line, the former punt returner signals for the fair catch and makes it. <laughs> there has been a sighting. Hunter Renfro was on the field, and he called a ball. Wow. Good job. I hadn't heard that. I mean, Link has job security, does he not? Of course. If I were Horowitz, I would have been like, go ahead, Big Link. This is all you. He shouldn't even have left. <laughs> Seriously. Hey. I mean, that's, that 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 kind of fly. If I'm Mark Davis, I'm like, what are we doing? Hey, he's got 12 targets on the year, and I want to hear this. All right? He's got 12 targets on the year. What did he have the year he caught 100 balls? 145? Uh, let's see. Targets, 135, yeah. They've taken a 135 target guy from a couple years ago and now made him – a comic piece during a broadcast for Lincoln Kennedy. I feel bad for Hunter Renfro. Yeah. He should be playing on a on a team, certainly, and being a, a number two or three receiver, and especially on a good team. Ah, Steve, I, I don't know. At this point, as we've said here on this show, we don't throw a fish back, all right? So we're here. I say we. I'm a Raiders insider, if you remember. I remember that. I told you guys that last time. <laughs> he did. We're here. Okay. All right? And if Hunter doesn't want to be a part of that – I think, the, I think Josh is doing a great job. Uh, World Series is on the way. If you judge by the apparel in the studio, there's one really hardcore baseball fan. Someone's got an Angels hat on. We'll come back and we'll get everyone's thoughts on the World Series that has been set up. Such negativity. Man, uh, there's a lot of baseball lovers out there. You don't have to hate on this matchup between the Rangers and the D-backs. All right, Von Tobel's got the Angels hat on. Uh, no one else here has any uh, baseball garb on, right? I can confirm that. Okay, nothing. World Series coming up. That's right. Phillies are out. Las Vegas Phillies are out. Uh, Diamondbacks have some Vegas influence, especially with Paul Sewald. Uh, there's great stories all over the Rangers. These are actually two of the top 15 markets in the country, but they're not in the right part of the country. So when we talk about major markets, mm-hmm. the Midwest, South, and East Coast doesn't care about the West. Um, actually, I should take that back. Dallas is a major, major market. The Rangers should get more attention, but they just haven't been good consistently enough. And the Diamondbacks have... I mean, early on in their organization, they had a good winning tradition. They just haven't made a World Series uh, in 20 years. So your interest in this World Series, I know you're a pretty big baseball fan. Oh, I am so excited for this. But only because I have a Rangers World Series okay, ticket at 20 that. to 1. So you needed to bet it. <laughs> if you didn't bet it, what would your excitement level be? Um, Probably like a 2. Oh, boy. that's not but, 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 but here's the thing. You could tell me it was Yankees-Dodgers, and it would probably be like a 5. Why? Well, it's this, so it's this time of year for me personally, right? Yep. It's... The NBA, it is football, both college and pro. The, the for- NBA, it, the, all you have to do is say the NBA for you. Yep. You already have football, both Saturday and Sunday. I, I mean, how enthused can you get? Are you doing five days a week now with your hard, uh, hardwood handicappers? Yeah, so five days a week, and, the, and, the, and that's part of the problem, right? So I do five days a week with the NBA show. I have my college football shows on Saturday and Sunday. I do writing for the NFL during the week. So it's your I'm, job. Pay attention to baseball. I mean, it kind of is, but yeah. it, we are our There's job. Only so is, much time, correct? And our job is only really what moves the needle. I mean, I could argue that we should do more NBA content on this show and 
over at my like national job because it's my job. It's a sport. Right. But what moves the needle? Football. So you're going to talk football. In baseball, hate to say it, doesn't really move the needle. Hockey, same thing. Like hockey is, I enjoy the sport of hockey. Mm-hmm. If you were to sit me down and say you're watching this hockey game, would absolutely love it. But do I have the time to sit there and follow the league every day? No. And this isn't media whining because I would imagine people who have regular jobs, you yeah. have a certain amount of time. You also, let's just go with a sort of a, a sexist angle on it. If you're a guy, maybe you only have so many hours a week where you get the fun pass. And that's probably going to be taken up by a lot of NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. You're using it all on that Sunday. So it's just hard. Now, and DeMond has no responsibilities in life except for this arduous gig. Uh, but he loves baseball. I mean, clearly. So and he's not going anywhere. Your, your grid thing, what was that again? Immaculate grid. Immaculate grid. Did that make you into an even bigger baseball fan? It made me feel a little bit bad that I can't just remember players enough. <laughs> when I'm really just thinking of a player, and I'm like, ah. Are you saying in the old days when you were actually young, your memory was a lot better on baseball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Before all the drinking and the losing my money gambling. Wow, you've already lost that much? Yeah. Um, when oh, I was, by the way, all the, all the gambling. That does wear on you. All the gambling that you do when you drive in your car from casino to casino, correct? Yes, yeah. yes. Mom's car. Picking my car up next Monday. We got a date. <laughs> Write it down. This is pretty amazing. All right, COVID the company, <laughs> COVID the company show bets doc is opening up. Will DeMond have his car on Monday? John Von Tobel is going to say no. Monday by what time? When I come when for the show. I'm writing this down. I am rolling up. Okay. What are we betting? 2010 Toyota Prius. I'll buy him another pizza. I'll buy you a pizza. (laughs) So on Monday, you get your car and another pizza. How about that? Yeah, I'll put a pizza up for grabbing. I want a Red Bull as well. All right, sure. I am confident. I'll get you the big Red Bull. (laughs) Okay. So two pizzas and a Red Bull that you will have your car with you at 2 o'clock on Monday. Yep. I think we've got this. (laughs) Are we even going to ask him for anything? No. No, we feel that that much. No. It's that much of a lock. The right. humiliation would be too much. Right. It's I mean, gonna what's he going to do? Yeah. What's he going to do? By the way, we're not the most jacked up about your car issues. One Adam Hill, who's not here, he, this is like one of his favorite stories. Well, he, he he's been piling on you about. That. I'll say this, Demond. If he was smart, and I'm going to give him the out here, he could show up in his mom's car on Monday. I don't know what car he drives. Yeah, we I have, have no idea. The, what what uh, what kind of car do you have? I've got a 2010 Toyota Prius. That's your mom's, no, or that's, that's the one mine. that you're looking for. I'm, dr- I'm driving a Dodge Ram right now. Okay, all right. So Toyota Prius. All right, I'm gonna write this. That, down by the way, notes. that's quite a jump up. Is that an easy transition on the road? It's not for my. It's not for my wallet. That's right. The gas. Mm. Do you like the Prius in terms of the maneuverability on the roads? Yes. Do I ask the I obvious question? I bet question? you missed that. What's that? Is it hard to get up into the car for the truck? Yeah. How dare you? Is it? <laughs> Is it? No. Man, I, have a, I, I like have, driving the truck. I have a friend who has one of those like Jeep pickups. Every time I, I had to get in it yeah. because he gave us a ride a couple times, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, I don't know how people do this. It's crazy. It's just like a big handle and then like mm-hmm. left leg is like, ah, like stretching. <laughs> well, the ones the first you, time I did it, I was like, oh. My favorite of the cars where the, the, like, yeah, the, the stairs have to come down so you can like climb yeah. up in them. It's a pretty big truck. I don't know if you guys seen it out there. You know, go take a look. All right. Well, you have it for three more days. I, have I, to, I don't. You know I don't want it anymore. To be honest. You know what? On Sunday, do you back into parking spots? No. It's a necessity when you have a pickup truck. For some I know. Reason. Sometimes I try to do it. I'm like, I'm not doing it. One of my friends first. wants to give me a big built-in barbecue. Ooh. Uh, but I need a truck. What are you doing on Sunday? That's the worst part about having a truck. Uh, there we go. You want to know what I'm doing? I'm working. 
I used to have one. Are you? I'm doing the HSK game all day, actually. All day? It's going into seven overtimes. <laughs> HSK. Good, good excuse. Henderson Silver Knights. Silver Knights. Oh, okay, okay. We've got 27 teams in this market now. Yes, exactly. And, and, and uh, I think 25 of them are on Lotus Broadcasting. So. Bill Foley owns that station, 1230 the game. <laughs> it's all for the minor league teams. No HSK, idea. G League. Wait until the A's are here, and HSK is still the bigger product on the 1230. <laughs> Not good. Get it together. Cavill, get it together, Fisher. All right, so um, as we just everything here is a bet now. I'm also going with the Diamondbacks in the World Series, just to spite JVT. Who are you gonna go with? I got a, I got the Rangers ticket. Yeah, and you're not hedging. Ah, uh, no, I don't want to. I'm deciding. So I, I decided. Would I break your heart if I said I'm all over the Rangers? Not really. I don't really care. Why are you? Are you alleging that you're a mush? A little bit lately. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, because here's my thing. Jinx. So I, I will, I will credit my uh, colleague, who actually I think you've had on this show before, Femi Abebefe, who, when the postseason started, I walked in to studio one day and he was leaving, and I was telling him like, yeah, you know, I got this ticket, I don't know what I want to do. It was going into the ALCS, and he's like, yeah, just let it ride, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, I'm gonna let it ride. And then when they were down three two, I was like, God, why? Now Femi, yeah, right? <laughs> but now that they're back in, I'm like, all right. I'm not doing it. I refuse to give up. So is this a disaster for baseball? No. Okay. Because uh, Adam was in, I don't know, the other day. We never really got to it. Uh, he just said yikes about the series. I think suggesting that right. the ratings are going to be so bad that it's going to hurt baseball. Yeah, low-hanging fruit as usual. I mean, here's the thing. Are, are, are you talking <laughs> sports talk in general or <laughs> one Adam Hill? Uh, for everybody. Adam Hill and for sports talk. Because, look, if you enjoy the sport of baseball – you're going to like this series. Right. The Rangers have a really good and talented lineup. Adoles Garcia is like the best story of baseball right Super now. Super entertaining, too. He, yes, he's I mean, nearly starting fights every game against the Astros. That's my kind of guy. He's red hot. He's been awesome. You have a good player in Corey Seager who's been absolutely fantastic in clutch situations. You have a pitching staff, especially when it comes to the starters that have been pitching out of their mind. It's supposed to be the weakness. And then on the other side... You've got a young upstart team in the Arizona Diamondbacks. You've got one of the players who you would think is going to be a star as you move forward. I don't like his haircut. Corbin Carroll, who's going to be, you would, you would hope, maybe the face of baseball in like the next five years because he looks like he's going to be a really good player. There's a lot. And for us out here, as you mentioned, we had him on four months ago, right? World Series pitcher, Paul Seawall. So there's a connection out here in Las Vegas. You can find positives in any series. It goes back to last year in the NBA Finals. Everybody's oh Denver Miami who can like no stop because and, and, and now it allowed Denver to break through on yep. the national stage and now I think everyone's intrigued by I'm like who the hell's going to beat this team absolutely so and like that's and I think part of the aspect of this too is I have seen a smattering of saltiness oh Rangers not built but paid for yeah yeah and I would love for my I team would, to do if, that uh, too if someone said that to me I would rip their heads off right. I'm I like, would that that is part of the deal. You absolutely have to pay for players. You're not going to develop every single guy in your roster from within. And and here, but here's like this you think is the Ranger why... fans care about how they built the team. Who what losing franchise fan is going with this one? God, that drives me nuts. Right. And here's the thing: they bought their team. Good. The same person. Get your owner to do the same thing. The dummy. Same, the same person that's complaining about that is like, oh, Diamondbacks are boring. They're built. It's what you wanted. Yep. It's the reason why you don't well, like the Rangers. It's. it's so I wrote out three scenarios here. They're kind of all the same, but um, should baseball worry about the the salty fans on social media saying, you know, boring? I'm not watching. Um, or should their attitude be, "F them, they're not baseball fans anyway." Or even better, it's mostly social media a holes who 
would complain no matter what because I feel like the people complaining are the same people who complained that, oh, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, they're buying their titles, same teams every year. All right, you got what you wanted. New blood. Baseball's more balanced now than ever. When will you stop complaining? I agree with that. And my other thing is, okay, if this is the issue, that like the be- I guess people are mad that the best teams don't win, then go to the Premier League format. Screw the postseason. Have 100 and add another 20 games and go, you know what? Most points at the end of the regular season, the championship is yours. Because what, like, do you just want the best team to win the whole thing? Okay, then get rid of the postseason format and go to the format which is, all right, most points at the end of the year, you win the title. Because that's all you want is the best team, then that's what you can get. Bounce pass to the top, Irving. Holding there against Zach Collins who comes out to get him. Penetrating, pull up 14-footer, blocked by Wembenyama. Back to Wemby on the pick and pop. We'll try a straightaway three. And that's the Wemby 12. Pass to Vassell. Left of the key, works up a screen by Wembenyama. Lobs to the rim. Wembenyama with a dunk. It hung on the rim for a moment, but fell through for Victor Wembenyama. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! That song always needed lyrics. I think John Tesh is probably very happy that that uh, was finally added. That's great. That gets me fired up. Really good. Really good. What does not get me fired up is, over the years, those of us who were not professional athletes have been lectured by professional athletes that we know the game. Mm. We're more qualified. And then day after day after day, I see former professional athletes annihilating current athletes and current athletes in sports they didn't play. And there was a couple examples today of hearing people go off on Wemby, or maybe not go off, but say, really, that's it? You guys played at the highest level, or at least a high level of college. You don't understand how hard it is to be awesome in a professional league? You don't understand why Victor Webanyama didn't go out for 35 and 25, 35 points and 25 rebounds and 10 blocks last night? He's 19. He's rail thin. He's never played at this level. I was kind of blown away. I thought he was going to have growing pains where he's going to have some awful, awful games. He looked comfy to me for 19. We've got former pro athletes bagging on him. What are we doing now? Does everyone go in a studio and they're like, I got a hot take. Got to give one. Guys, stop. So because of my job and because I enjoy the sport, I've watched a lot of basketball in my life, Steve. And I can honestly say you're a real expert. Yep. And I can honestly say that was the worst draft pick the Spurs have ever made. What a disappointment. Yes. This guy's gonna stink. He's got nothing. What a failure by the Spurs organization to draft Victor Wembanyama last like that last night was ridiculous. I expected mm-hmm. twenty five points. No, you didn't. Ten blocks. Not even rebounds. 20 rebounds to go with the 25 points. It was points. 15 points, 5 rebounds, <laughs> 3 of 5 from 3 from yes. a guy who's 7-4. It's yeah, cr- I, don't, I don't see it either, guys. Yep. Good call on that one. I, I think it's crazy because I I was I hope it came across. I was being sarcastic. Um, I do think it's crazy, though, like the expectations because, you know, and it is part of the big cycle, right, which is, hey, best prospects since LeBron, all this kind of stuff. All those things are true. But at the same time, people kind of gloss over the word prospect. That means that if he develops the right way, he can be very, very good. 
So you get things like I had somebody send me a DM of a prop, and it was, will Victor Wembanyama at any point this season have seven blocks in a single game? And the yes was only three to one. And they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, he, it's, it's way fewer odds than 25%, which is what three to one implies, that he's going to have seven blocks in a single game. I'm going to put but, you on the spot here. Ah, oh. who, are the, who are the previously, and I'm probably going to miss someone, because mm. there's so many young guys in the, in the league the last 15 years. Who's had the best 19-year-old season in NBA history? I would think, off the top of my head, LeBron right. and Magic. I think it's probably it. It's and, hard. And they were awesome. I mean, I'll put it this We talk about this all the time. For example, there was a point where people thought Lonzo Ball was not going to be a very good player because of the start to his career. Now, he's not healthy anymore, but when Lonzo Ball is healthy, he is an awesome basketball player. Same thing with guys like Brandon Ingram. He's an awesome basketball player. It's hard to come into this league at 19, a year out of high school, and play with dudes who have been traveling all around the country, playing 82 games of basketball, and having their bar- their bodies all hardened up and ready to go because they've been doing it for so long. It's hard to do it. So there's going to be, even when you are, maybe the best prospect since LeBron, a slow start and some growing pace. Food for thought. Kobe Bryant at 19, played 79 games in his second year, he averaged 15.4 points per game. He shot 43%. Do we think Victor Webanyama is going to do that? 15.4 points per game from arguably a top 10. Some might have Kobe top 5. At 19, he averaged 15 points a game. Do we think Webanyama is going to do that? Xavier Pope, lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor. He is live on Cofield and Company probably count the seconds before an incident like this becomes politicized. And that part of it I never liked because that's not going to bring back lives. And then I always ask the question, when something like this happens, what is your plan? What do you do? I have a personal security plan. I train in mixed martial arts. All right, we got a free-for-all out there. Just throw everyone in a cage and start shooting each other up. Um... Xavier Pope is in. I guess we could go light to start, but we won't here. We were just talking about the NBA. We'll get back to it. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. That uh, that Sean Hannity discussion where he was talking about being ready for uh, the worst with a uh, wild shooter because he knows MMA. That's a doozy. Yeah, that's absurd. I, I think the people like him are not serious about solving the gun issue. Um, the same person will talk about the death of other people and what to do about it in a whole entire other country, but won't address um, the deaths that are happening here um, that could be prevented by sensible gun legislation uh, and not talking about the issues uh, in terms of a state that didn't have red flag laws. Uh, and there, there are various different laws they were deficient in in terms of being able to prevent an act like this. I think that um, people... It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. On ESPN Las Vegas. Three o'clock hour, middle of the show. Remember, Mondays and Thursdays because of uh, the football telecast, Thursday night football, Monday night football, we go to the uh, national call with Westwood One at five o'clock. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, John, yes. we're going to do a lot of running Rebel season preview. I'm excited. Uh, we talked to Shane Noel yesterday. We've had uh, multiple conversations on the air with... Kevin Kruger. We also have a bunch of the opposition interviews that we've done, and that includes Lorenzo Romar, who's an interesting guy because he's had quite the path 
He's a West Coast basketball guru, an unbelievable recruiter. He's put a lot of guys in the NBA. Well, he's at Pepperdine now, and he's had a little bit of a rough time at Pepperdine because uh, while he's gotten some really good players, like great players, uh, retention is an issue. And you're hearing this conversation, we'll talk about retention for the middle schools and lower schools in the West Coast Conference. Well, long story short, the Rebels are going to play at Pepperdine on November 17th. They're going to be in Malibu, and that's a, you know, a nice road spot. Um, so we sat down with Lorenzo Romar for about 10 minutes, and uh, John starts off the conversation here as he mentioned some of the talented players who are returning for the Waves. A couple of minutes ago, I was just reading uh, Houston Mallet, Javon Porter, named to the preseason team for the West Coast Conference. So I wanted to talk about both of them, and I want to actually start with Houston because when I watch him, I love it. Like the, the shot selection's awesome. Like the way he comes around screens. Like talk about his game for a little bit because when I watch him play, I see a guy who's got like an NBA level game. I think Houston Millet is one of a kind. He's uh, he's obsessed with the process, loves the game. His guy, his hero is Steph Curry, and you watch him out there playing. How he just relentless in terms of his movement. He never stops. He's in great condition. Uh, he's a great leader. His uh, his his. His attitude is just infectious. He's uh, he's great to have. He's one of our co-captains, and going into his junior year, we expect him to have a great year for us. So when you watch him and, and you watch Javon, one of the things that sticks out is the shot making, but also shot selection. How do you coach that and balance that with them? Because some of the shots are incredible, but when I watch them sometimes, like, oh, that's a little contested. Like, maybe we can look for a, a little bit of a better shot. Well, if my assistants were sitting here, they would all look at me to say, how is he going to answer that one? Because uh, I probably, <laughs> I probably, to a fault, give him too much freedom at times, but I always have believed that guys that can score, you don't say a whole lot to them uh, if you understand their makeup that they're trying to win the game because you don't want them to not play with confidence. And uh, sometimes it's contested, but he's one of those few that can make contested shots. Yeah. And if he gets in a zone, he can run off six, seven in a row, so you don't want to interfere with that. So Javon as well, uh, for those who don't know in our audience, uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, one of the younger brothers. So how much, when you watch him and his development, what do you expect from him this year after what you saw from him last year? Expect him to take a big jump. Yeah. He's put on 15 pounds of muscle. He's watched a lot of film. He played in games as a freshman. He looks back now in his freshman year and realizes how he could have done much better, even though he had a good good freshman campaign. Uh, I just expect him to make a, a big jump for us this year. And having those two, because you got a pretty young roster like in terms of the depth, right? So how much, not even just on the court, but off the court, having them helping out with a pretty young core of kids? Well, we're our uh, senior citizens compared to what we've been like the last yeah. two years. <laughs> yeah. The last two years, we've literally been one of the youngest teams in the country the last two years, and certainly in our conference this year. Ethan Anderson, a transfer from USC and Wyoming, is a fifth-year senior. Houston Millette is a junior. We have Bubakar Kulabali, who's a junior. Uh, goes, the guys are, you know, probably in the starting lineup. That's different than what we've had in the past. So we're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, but uh, still, even Javon is a sophomore, but he's an, mentally, he's an old sophomore. The, uh, the transfer portal and the movement with players is amazing. Uh, Lorenzo Romar's with us from Pepperdine. You mentioned Ethan Anderson. He was a commit to UNLV. That's with right. Marvin Menzies. Before Marvin Menzies yeah. left. That's um, right. And then obviously played, went to you know, USC and landed at Wyoming. Um, 
That's pretty incredible. How are you dealing with the transfer portal? Because obviously there's this whole ecosystem where, you know, teams, and not to insult anyone, but teams from bigger conferences start looking around and are like, okay, let's let's go to let's go get Porter, right? It, it happens. It happens even within Power Five where, hey, let's go get so-and-so. So how are you retaining players? We lost a couple to the transfer portal last year. Mike Mitchell Jr., who was a starter for us, and Carson Basham, a big... Ethan Anderson was one of the replacements, so we ended up landing on our feet there. I think we landed on our feet from them, but for the most part, guys have been loyal. Houston Millette, I mean, he's all freshman team, and uh, he's still with us. You know, we have a young man named Malik Moore that's going to be a sophomore this year that he's going to take a big jump. He could have left. He's still with us. For the most part, our guys have been pretty loyal. And the, the fact that we haven't been winning the last couple of years speaks more to the fact that they've been very loyal. So uh, we've been okay that way. We have not dipped into the transfer portal as much. We've dealt with it when we lose someone. If we lose someone in the transfer portal or whatever, we try to replace them maybe with an older right. uh, student athlete. But uh, right now, we haven't been as involved either way, them leaving or coming. So that means the culture is good, which takes us back to the last couple of years. And uh, you have a great reputation of bringing guys in, developing them, and sending them off to the NBA. And Maxwell Lewis is a hell of a story, and he stayed around. Uh, first of all, how, how did you get him? Because he's a Vegas guy. Um, and then he, I mean, like, he comes in almost immediately, and he's an impact player. Maxwell was, uh, he hadn't played varsity till his last year in high school. And he was a late bloomer. And he did improve. He had talent, but hadn't learned how to play the game as much yet. And uh, during the COVID year, they had thought about going to the NBA, maybe training for a year, getting really good and testing the waters with the NBA. So when he did that, he kind of fell off the map. Well, then we were contacted. A person said they realized, no, we can't do that. They couldn't really train during COVID, so they didn't really make a lot of progress. So they were going to go to college, and they were looking for a place to go where he could develop, and they contacted us about that, and we were able to get him. Lorenzo Aromar is with us. It's one of the things that I, I'm a big NBA fan. And so, yeah, so am I. So, well, so then maybe you'll, you'll echo this too. Um, I think the Lakers scouting department and, and their development team is awesome. Like, I don't think they get enough credit for some of the guys that they find, develop, and then turn into really good pros. I think Maxwell fit, like, it's a great spot for him, right? Because that is a team that has a history of getting guys like him with real talent and making sure they find their stride. Well, no question that is the case uh, in, in LA. They, they have great personnel uh, in their front office, great scouting. I mean, Bill Burka, longtime NBA guy, is still with them. I actually went to the workout when Max worked out. Maxwell worked out for the Lakers, and Bill Burka was right there. They've got some really good eyes and a lot of experience in there, in knowing what they're doing. But uh, they they saw Max and uh, decided they wanted him. It's great for Maxwell because he still is learning. He still is learning. He is a sponge. To be there with a guy like LeBron, with LeBron, there's not a guy like LeBron. To be there with LeBron, with all the experience, he's going to learn so much. He's there with a couple of veterans. I think that's a better situation than if he'd have went somewhere where they had a bunch of young players as well, where he couldn't learn from any as much. So I think it's a great situation from them, and I applaud their efforts and how they went out and did the research and evaluated Maxwell. I'm glad you mentioned Bill Burka. Because there is tremendous value to having veteran, like real veteran people on your scouting staff. 
Um, I was at San Diego last year. UNLV took on San Diego, and I looked to my left, and Bernie Bickerstaff is sitting next to me. I'm like, what? There we go. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? He's like, yeah, I'm making a whole trip around the West Coast. I'm like, this is insane. I mean, Bernie's been around forever. Um, on the value of going to a veteran team like the Lakers, we're very excited here to see what happens with Chris Wood, who's put up numbers in, in other spots. He's, he's on a good Dallas team. Sometimes Chris's motivation, and it even happened here, like he, the game comes so easy to him, uh, sometimes it's not there. I think with LeBron, Chris Wood has a chance to really be an impact player. He may not score a bunch of points and grab all the rebounds he has been in other spots, but he should develop and reach another level. There's some players that uh, are kind of on the fence, and they can go either way depending on the group that they're around, right? So if the group is a bad group, maybe they go that way. But if it's a good group and a, a group <clears throat> that's going to help police them, then they go that way, and that could very well happen with, with Christian Woods because he certainly, as you mentioned, has tremendous ability. No doubt. Now, now that all said, he's made like $50 million in the NBA, so he, he's fine. I, you know. That's right. <laughs> um, let's, let's wrap on this. Pepperdine coach Lorenzo Romar is with us. So on November 17th, UNLV. Love to live. <laughs> UNLV is going to be out at your place. I'll ask you, first of all, how hard is it to get teams to, you know, non-con to come to your place? Uh, and how did you get this put together? Was this, you know, years in the making? Coach Kruger and his staff, they were uh, they were great. Uh, been knowing Coach Kruger and his dad, Lon, forever. And uh, they just agreed to do it. And it is difficult. It's very difficult to get someone of that caliber to come to play at Pepperdine. But they agreed to do it. And, and even uh, better, they agreed to come to our place first. So uh, it's, uh, it's good. We're excited to have them. And November 17th, you'll have the game in Malibu. You want to go to that one? John? Malibu, man. Malibu. Friday, Friday night. Ooh, can't Friday do. night, yeah, you get you get kind of cooked on uh, the Saturday and Sunday shifts over at VSIM. Just a bit. You got to be on the air at nine. I don't know if I'm making that turnaround. Oh, you could do it. Just I mean, gonna, I was going to say, you're very tired. No, when I say I don't know <laughs> if I can make it, I mean, like, I don't know if I would, like, make it. It's getting old. It's getting old. Yeah. Uh, Demond, JVT, Cofield. That was Lorenzo Romar, Pepperdine coach, former Washington coach. He's been all over the Pac 12, sent a bunch of players to the NBA. I really liked his commentary. Uh, I'll say brutally, brutally honest, but it's just honest. Like, Chris Wood in a good environment motivated to be consistent and play defense is going to be a success. When that doesn't happen, then he's going to be up and down. I think in the Lakers' environment, I mean, it's going to be put up or shut up. He's not playing if he doesn't do what they want him to do. And game one, he had 15 minutes, 7.4 rebounds. He can be a rim protector. He should be an important part of their team. Um, and especially since we all saw the the note that came out, what, yesterday the day before, I think right before the uh, the discussion was right before the – opener against the Nuggets that the Lakers are going to do their best during the regular season to not push LeBron past 28 or 30 minutes in any given game. Yep. So the opportunity's there, Chris. You buried the lead, too, by the way. What was the lead? A solid plus two and three or four from the floor. Just a positive contributor all the way around for Chris. Okay. Greatest UNLV big man of this century. That's the way it's said. Yep. Best big man of the century for the Rebels. Yep. No, I never get an argument. You know what's funny? I never I ne no, I never get it when I put that out on social media, I never get an argument. Brandon McCoy was very good for that one season. And uh they really haven't had a ton of high high scoring and people forget, you know, when Chris was here that he made it look easy to be an eighteen ten and four block guy. <clears throat> oh yeah. I mean I still 
I'll never forget. Like I said, I was always a big Chris Wood fan. Again, you got to put it together mentally. Understand the criticisms of him. It, it is it always it is a image that is burned in my mind forever, and I don't know why. But when they beat Arizona, and I always forget I always forget his name. I always remember Chris Wood's name. But the big white center that they had, and him just putting his shoulder right into his chest and finishing over him and screaming and just being like, man, like that's that's a special talent, and he can make it in the league if he does it. And hey, maybe I mean, he's made it, but he can make it further if he actually dedicates himself. Holidays are on the way. Halloween is here. Christmas, though, and gift-giving season is right around the corner. I think I have a suggestion for you, but more importantly, your wife, on what to get you. 